Tears of the Kingdom has arrived, a project that represents over a decade of meticulous work dating back to 2011. Spearheading this monumental effort were series producer Eiji Anuma and director Hideimaro Fujibayashi. Their goal? To revolutionize the Zelda franchise by creating a more open-world experience, a departure from the conventional norms of previous Zelda games. Drawing inspiration from gaming giants like Skyrim and The Witcher 3, as well as the original 1986 Legend of Zelda game, they set out to create something truly special. In order to bring their vision to life, the developers employed a modified version of the Havoc physics engine, renowned for its use in Half-Life 2. This allowed for an unprecedented level of interactivity and dynamic interaction with the game environment. In addition, a chemistry engine was utilized to dictate how different elements and objects within the game world interacted with each other. One of the pivotal gameplay mechanics introduced in Breath of the Wild is the Stamina Wheel, a mechanic which limits players' ability to run, climb, and swim for prolonged periods, encouraging strategic gameplay and careful resource management. Artistically, the game draws inspiration from Japanese animation, specifically the works of Studio Ghibli, boasting a cel-shaded aesthetic and vibrant colors. The soundtrack, mainly piano-based, is minimalistic, utilizing sparse, ambient sounds to emphasize the enormity of the open world. Upon release, Breath of the Wild received widespread critical acclaim, garnering praise for its open-ended gameplay, innovative mechanics, and stunning art design. Winning numerous Game of the Year awards, it's often hailed as one of the greatest video games of all time. Fast forward to the conception of Tears of the Kingdom. This project was born when ideas for Breath of the Wild DLC began to exceed its scope. Nintendo's entertainment planning and development division, led by Fujibayashi and Onuma, took the helm once more. A teaser was first showcased at E3 2019, with a full reveal at E3 2021. The sequel, initially planned for a release in 2022, was postponed until May 2023. In this sequel, Onuma confirmed that they would expand upon the gameplay mechanics and open-world design established in Breath of the Wild. During E3 2021, Nintendo provided another trailer for the game, revealing new gameplay elements like Link's ability to phase through solid objects and wield new powers derived from his arm. The trailer also hinted at new environments, including floating islands, suggesting an even more expansive world to explore. If you enjoyed this video, go ahead and give it a like. If you're new to Pixels and Pines and want to see more content like this, make sure you subscribe and fill in the bell as well to be notified the next time a new video drops. Now, before we dive deeper into this review, I want to make a few things clear. We're going to steer clear of the storyline details entirely in this discussion. The journey of Link and Zelda, the circumstances they find themselves in, those discoveries I'll leave for you, the viewer, to experience firsthand. I'm also not going to be revealing any major discoveries not already shown in the game trailers. Stumbling upon these surprises was a joy for me, and I'd hate to spoil that thrill for anyone else. Rest assured though, I'll be touching on these aspects, although a little bit vaguely, towards the end of the review, so with that said, let's kick things off. If you've adventured into Breath of the Wild before, stepping into Tears of the Kingdom will feel like coming home. Even if it's been a while since your last visit to Hyrule, Nintendo's top-tier onboarding process will have you nimbly dodging and precision sniping enemies with a bow in no time. This time though, Link's got a fresh arsenal of tricks. First up, the recall ability. This lets Link reverse the movement of a single object. This skill comes in particularly handy with falling rock debris from the Sky Islands, which not only allows access to these floating lands, but also provides a bird's eye view of Hyrule, transforming each piece into a makeshift drop zone. Recall is also useful in combat. For instance, 
a well-timed recall can send a water Octorox projectile back to its sender, eliminating the creature in one swift move. Next, let's delve into the fuse ability. Fuse lets Link attach a single material to his current shield or melee weapon. Materials now come with a fuse power level and purposes beyond just tossing into a cooking pot. Primarily, fuse boosts your weapon's attack power or adds effect modifiers when blocking. Crucially, with the return of the equipment breakage system, Fuse helps extend your gear's lifespan. Moreover, Fuse brings a new dynamic to arrows, allowing you to fuse a new effect into each shot. You'll be discovering and experimenting with countless fun combinations as you traverse Hyrule. Then we have the Ultra Hand ability. This allows Link to pick up and attach objects together. Ever wanted to create a makeshift boat from logs in a sail? Now you can. Plus, you'll get your hands on advanced sky technology, adding a new level of power to your creations. Finally, we have Ascend. Building on Link's impressive mobility from Breath of the Wild, Ascend lets you travel through ceilings directly above Link. Once you get the hang of it, this ability offers a new perspective on any situation where climbing seems tedious or impossible. In essence, the common thread in Tears of the Kingdom's gameplay is this. Nintendo has significantly amped up Link's mobility and offered unprecedented freedom to approach gameplay in a style that suits you. While there might be suggested strategies for many situations in your return to Hyrule, more than ever, you can approach them in your own unique way. And who knows, you might even surprise Nintendo with your own creative solutions. Let's talk a little bit about how Tears of the Kingdom stacks up graphically. Keep in mind that I played Tears of the Kingdom a few feet away from a 48-inch 4K LG OLED C2 TV, so your experience may vary, especially if you play handheld. Nintendo's Tears of the Kingdom has successfully increased the level of detail in the world, while also expanding the scale of the overworld to include the sky. However, compared to its predecessor, it appears to have difficulty maintaining a sharp image. Fortunately, the game's cel-shaded art style is quite forgiving, giving the game a watercolor-like aesthetic when the resolution fluctuates and the upscaler comes into play. As Link traverses the world, the game seems to apply a more aggressive filter to the ground texture surrounding him. This may result in your immediate surroundings looking blurry and potentially hampers the visibility of distant environmental details. Similarly, small environmental details like patches of grass and flowers also exhibit pop-in issues, comparable to the previous entry in the series. Despite these issues, the game's coherent art style does a good job of masking many of these imperfections. However, it does lead us to wonder how the game would look on more powerful Switch hardware. On the performance side, Tears of the Kingdom strives for a stable 30 frames per second and largely succeeds. However, using the Sheikah Slate scope to mark landmarks or take photos can cause temporary frame drops during the camera transition. Likewise, activating powers that trigger a graphical overlay on the environment intended to help gauge the range of certain abilities or identify manipulable items. Unfortunately, this overlay can also introduce a bit of stuttering. Also, scenarios with numerous enemies and multiple explosive effects on screen can trigger a dip in the frame rate. But let's end on a positive note. Nintendo has rolled out a patch, version 1.1.0, which should already be applied to digital preloads and available for download for version 1.0 cartridges. It appears to address performance issues related to the Sheikah Slate scope and power activation overlays. The aggressive texture filtering remains though. Due to time constraints, we were unable to verify if this performance stabilization has any impact on image quality.
no big surprises on the audio front. Tears of the Kingdom still adopts a more minimalistic approach. Rather than providing a continuous musical backdrop, the game uses a piano-based soundtrack that plays intermittently, allowing the natural sounds of the environment to take center stage. The music is deliberately sparse and ambient, punctuating moments of exploration, combat, and discovery rather than overpowering them. For instance, while exploring Hyrule, you may only hear occasional piano notes evoking a sense of solitude and the vastness of the environment. When enemies appear, the music becomes more urgent and dynamic, adding to the tension and excitement of combat. This design choice underscores the game's emphasis on exploration and discovery. The subdued score allows the ambient sounds of the world, the rustling of leaves, the sound of wildlife, the patter of rain, to flourish, making the world of Hyrule feel incredibly alive and vibrant. Specific regions and landmarks have their own unique themes, providing an audio cue that players have entered a new area. For example, villages have soothing melodic themes that evoke a sense of peace and safety, while caves and battlegrounds offer eerie atmospheric tones that build tension. While I would have hoped for much more variation of the returning themes in the game, it does help bring you back to the first time you visited a village. That said, discovering an unfamiliar theme in a familiar place does help to punctuate the evolution that Hyrule has gone through since we last visited. So what did I think of Tears of the Kingdom? Link's new abilities represent an exciting evolution for the series. These powers, which focus on movement and customization, are genuinely fun to play with, expanding on the original ideas introduced in Breath of the Wild in a more dynamic way. However, as I progressed in the game, I found myself relying less on most of these new abilities. As a player who leans more towards a traditional sword and shield gameplay, I found myself trying to force incorporating recall into combat because it never became a natural part of my strategy. Ultra Hand is a fantastic addition for those who enjoy the crafting aspect of the game, although I personally tended to use it only when necessary. Also, mastering the controls, particularly understanding object movements and rotations based on your viewpoint, can be a bit daunting. Over time, the proper use of the object orientation reset option, you can become fairly proficient at this. However, ensure you pay careful attention to the attach points to prevent misalignments. I gotta admit, shaking the thumbstick vigorously to detach an incorrect attachment doesn't feel very intuitive. In my experience, my constructions with Ultrahan often ended up lacking finesse or creativity, making me feel as though I was missing a key concept. Fuse is likely my favorite new power due to its inventive nature, especially when crafting formidable weapons. I generally neglected the fusion of items with shields as I prefer perfect dodging to turtling or absorbing hits to deliver crowd control effects. The use of fuse with arrows is, without a doubt, the highlight of this power for me. However, I do have one issue, the user interface. As your inventory expands, it becomes increasingly cumbersome to select a material to fuse. The interface offers just a single row of materials to scroll through, which can become a real bottleneck in the heat of combat. This is an area that could use some improvement for a smoother, more efficient experience. Ascend is also an intriguing power. Early in the game, I attempted to exploit sections of the game that Nintendo may have forgotten to mark as unascendable to reach unintended locations with limited success. For scaling mountains, Link's climbing ability remains the optimal choice. Diving onto Hyrule from the sky becomes increasingly effective as you upgrade your stamina wheel. While Ascend does have numerous creative applications, its use cases are clearly defined. Narratively, Tears of the Kingdom surpasses my previous favorite Zelda story, Twilight Princess. The lore, story, and events of the game unfold brilliantly, 
providing a more cohesive and substantial narrative compared to Breath of the Wild. What's more, the game maintains a rich amount of environmental storytelling for those who love to delve into every corner of the game. Despite my initial concerns about the repeated use of Hyrule, Nintendo has ensured plenty of new discoveries in this game. The world of Tears of the Kingdom is effectively twice the size of Breath of the Wild, packed with so much new content that it could sometimes feel overwhelming. Let's be candid though. If you had problems with Breath of the Wild, don't expect Tears of the Kingdom to resolve them. This game shares so many similarities with its 2017 predecessor. While Link's new abilities are a neat addition, there may not be enough to sway those who didn't connect with the previous game. For everyone else, buying this game should be a no-brainer. Call in sick, do whatever you need to do, and immerse yourself back into Hyrule. Here's a quick tip for returning players. Switch the HUD mode to Pro in the settings. This removes all HUD elements, allowing you to fully lose yourself in the game. If you rush through the main storyline, you could finish the game in 20 to 30 hours. However, if you allow yourself to be sidetracked by everything the game has to offer, you could easily clock in over 100 hours, making the $70 price tag completely worth it. Tears of the Kingdom is available starting May 12, 2023 for $70 in both digital and physical form. A collector's edition is available for $130, and while it's sold out now, I expect them to pop back into stock over the next week or so following release. The collector's edition includes game, steelbook, pin set, poster, and art book. If you made it this far, thank you for sticking with me during this review of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Now I want to hear your thoughts. Are you excited to jump back into this version of Zelda, or were you hoping for a clean break into a more traditional Zelda game? Let me know in the comments below, I'd love to talk with you about it. As always, thank you for spending your time with us, and I hope to see you at the next video on Pixels and Pints.